This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about, well, wow, we're about to get a big agenda point uh you know out of the way right now when i say this spanakopita yeah spanakopita or do, or do you say spanakopita well that seems that seems like a, a classic like american way to say it so i i watched several uh well no i didn't watch several videos i watched the same intro to the same video several times from uh Dimitra's dishes on youtube uh who's uh, very greek and uh, so i rewound the pronunciation part many times that my big question was, is it copita or copita? And the answer is it's kind of in between, but a little closer to cope than cop. So like spanacopita. 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 Yeah, I think we got it. I yeah, think, and I think, I, think, we are... I think I was definitely doing like an American spanacopita thing. Yeah, no, I think I think for the pronunciation that we just did, we're getting the key to Athens, which probably now immediately we're going to hear from someone and say spanacopita is not from Athens. Everyone knows it's from, you know, Crete. Right, or uh, host, hostia or lesbos. Or hostia, yeah. What was the last thing? Anyway, Lesbos. Oh, Lesbos, of course, yes. I was reading uh, Anita Lowe's book, Solo, which is about uh, like kind of high and elevated cooking for one. And uh, in the in the intro to the book, she talks about, or maybe in the head note of one of the recipes, she talks about going uh, with her partner to Lesbos and like staying at an inn run by actual lesbian lesbians, and it, that it was like the oh. greatest thing ever. Oh, that is really really exciting. Let's go down memory lane. I don't really okay. So actually, no, I do have some because this was a favorite of wife of the show Lori, um, like during her vegetarian years, which. Uh, overlapped a little bit with when I knew her. And so she would make this occasionally. And I don't remember it being one of my favorite things. And so when we talked about doing this episode, I was worried that this was going to be yet another episode about a thing I don't like. And uh, well, stay tuned. Okay. As for me, I remember encountering it. I don't know. It's like one of those things that I remember hearing about as a child that I think might have been a bit trendy in the 80s, right? Wasn't there? Oh, like, I think so. Uh, w- yeah. What's the soup? Um, Avgolemono? Avgolemono? Yeah. 
Yes. I think of the two of these things going hand in hand as being like sort of uh, hovering near my childhood, but never actually appearing in my childhood. Like you had a mobile over your crib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, there and was soup and tiny pie little model of spinach pie up there. Right. But like uh, anyway. Philo Dough in general, I I feel like had a real moment in the eighties. I think yes, seventies, eighties, maybe canapes made yeah. in mini muffin tins. So I remember hearing about Spanakopita as a kid, but I don't remember ever eating it. And I think that I probably tasted it at some point during my vegetarian phase. It seems mm-hmm. like the kind of thing that would have showed up. Like when I was in college or newly graduated from college, if somebody had like um, a potluck or something, it would have shown up there. Sure. You know? And it was it was one of the more popular recipes from the Moosewood cookbook. So that makes sense. Which is, it, it's interesting because I didn't even think to open up my Moosewood cookbook to look at this. But you're right. I mean, it would have been handwritten in Molly Katzen's handwriting. Right. Yeah. I think that my adult relationship with uh, Spanakopita began. Adult relationship. I know. I know. It began a couple years ago when Ash and I went. Yeah, we went to Greece for really our first big vacation together. Uh, And and it still remains our only big vacation together. Oh, so you went to Greece, but like on this vacation with your partner, you ran into an old flame and and rekindled that relationship. And the old flame was a spinach pie. If by old flame you mean a little thing that was dangling from my infant years Mobile, mobile. I guess that's what I mean, but now I'm very uncomfortable (laughs) with it. (laughs) Anyway, so did um, I have a mobile? First of all, is it how do you say that word? Because like every time I want to say mobile, 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 mobile. It it, that sounds like Alabama. Every every way of saying that word now feels wrong to me. Well, and when I say mobile. I feel like um, the way I'm pronouncing it, it should end in Y-U-L, like mobile. Do you know no, what I mean? Mobile. Wow. This, <laughs> this is this is where we've ended up in life. <laughs> Welcome to Spilled Milk, the I, show about pronunciation. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, I don't think things are going to get better, like in terms of Almost the show's mental not. state. <laughs> Over yeah. over the next few episodes, uh, so stay tuned. So anyway, uh, yeah, Ash and I went to Greece in uh, mid-September of 2018, and this was, you know, it was one of those things where we were, we were going far away, it cost money, and so we decided to go for two weeks. So we were in Greece for two weeks, and we spent by far the majority of the time on this island called Milos, and we actually got stuck there uh, because the ferry system shut down because of a storm. It was a great place to get stuck. So then there was a murder on the island and you and Ash <laughs> had to solve this murder when everyone else was trying to cover it up, right? Is, is well, this some movie? It's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, I've never seen it. Um, I, I haven't seen the movie. I read the book. I don't recommend the book. Okay. But that Good is to what know. It, that's what is what it's about, only not in Greece. Okay. Ash and I got into a little very pleasant routine while we were on Milos. We would get up in the morning and we would have coffee and yogurt in our hotel room. We had bought these things and would just keep them in our little dorm-sized fridge. Was it Greek yogurt? It was Greek yogurt. And we had some honey and we also had bought some almonds. And and yeah, we had like a little tiny coffee maker in the room. And so we would, we would just eat our yogurt and almonds 
almonds and honey and drink our coffee. It was the most civilized I think we've ever been. Isn't that the best when you like can establish a routine on vacation? Because like oh, I feel like God, yes. at this point in my life, I never want to go on another vacation where you're just like moving from one thing to the next all the time or trying to hit all the fucking museums or whatever. I just want to go and like not do stuff. Yeah, Ash and I actually are, are, we want to go back to Greece and sort of have a belated honeymoon there. And I think this time we might be totally unadventurous and just only plan to go to Milos. Yeah, I mean, you can have a honey and yogurt moon. We could have a honey and yogurt and coffee and almond moon. Anyway, so we would get up, we would have this breakfast, we would put on our swimsuits and whatever sort of cover up we wanted, and then we would head out in our See, like, I told you there was a cover up. And then we would head out in our like tin can of a rental car. Uh-huh. This rental car was so cheap and it was wonderful. It You could hear us coming down the road. It rattled. So we would take the car. We would go down into town and we would stop at a bakery and pick up a spanakopita, a couple of them, actually. They were cut into sort of like, oh, pieces like a, um, a little bit bigger than the palm of, of my hand. So okay. like a, a pretty good size slab. So a hand pie. A hand pie. However, this was a hot commodity, and if we had gotten up too late, we would miss the spanakopita, and that was always quite sad. Then we would have to get something else. But on the best possible day, we would each get a spanakopita in like a little wax paper bag, and we would get uh, each like a big bottle of water and this little like plastic wrapped slab of chocolate cake. And we would go to the bakery, and you would pay, I think, Six euro a piece, 12 euros total for two lounge chairs under an umbrella. And you could oh. stay there as long as you wanted. I thought you were still talking about the price of the food. And when you said you paid six dollars for two lounge chairs, I'm like, did they put those in a little paper bag also? <laughs> yeah. No, we're at the beach now. Okay. So anyway, we would go and yeah, they would have all of these lounge chairs and umbrellas set up. You would pay 12 euros for two of them. You could sit there all day. So we had our books. We had our lunch. That was the Spanakopita. We had our giant bottles of water and our chocolate cake for the afternoon snack. And we would stay at the beach until we got tired of it. How big is this island? Like, is this like a little teeny tiny island or like a big like Sicily size island? No, it's much smaller than Sicily. It is not the smallest of the Greek islands, but it's big enough that uh, it would take us easily. It could take us 20 minutes to drive to one of the various beaches we were going to. Okay. And we and I should add that like fully like a third of the island is closed off and you can't even access it because it's very sort of rocky un unclaimed or because that's terrain. where the murder happened and they put up police tape. Yes, and 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 the cover-ups. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's Anyway, so um so yeah, Spanakopita became this, you know, this thing that we would try to try to get each day and if we could manage to get it 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 was going to be a great day and what do you think the flavorings were like in addition to spinach and feta because it seems like there is significant controversy about this as you might expect for any sort of popular traditional food well, so, you know, there is the Greek Greek cuisine uses a lot of herbs because, uh, well, I mean, these things are just growing wild there or at least a, a lot of thyme and oregano. Um, 
So I don't know. It was hard to say what herbs were going on in there, but I'm I'm almost certain there was some oregano. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably some dill. I don't know about the rest. It was just I, I think the thing for me with with spanakopita is it the filling, the the feta, the spinach, it all just like blends into this harmonious whole that is spanakopita flavored. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think in Greece there's like some old guy who still like worships Zeus? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go yes. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, Ash and I both feel very nostalgic about this trip because it was a very, like, it was a very easy trip. Mm -hmm. You know how, like, a lot of trips, even trips with people you really like don't feel easy sometimes, you know? This felt like a very easy trip, and... God, uh, yeah, it was just, it was so relaxing. I didn't learn how to relax until I was maybe like 35 years old. Oh, I totally, I don't think I've really learned that yet. Yeah, so I just, I can't wait to to go back and eat more spanakopita and, and relax again. As I recall, the least relaxing thing about this trip was when you got back, and I can't, would not stop joking that you had gone to Mipos, the island from the show Perfect Strangers that yes, Balky is from. Yes, where Balky was from, yeah. So that may come up later on this episode. I've I'm, been like trying to hold it back. I'm amazed that we're, what, maybe uh, 10 minutes into taping uh-huh. this, and you have not, had not yet mentioned that. Yeah, no, I mean really that whole trip you were you were standing tall on the wings of your dreams. All right, so uh, spanakopita <laughs> is a uh, Greek spinach pie made with phyllo and feta cheese and uh, some kind of, of allium, although there is considerable, yeah. considerable debate about whether it should be leeks or scallions, scallions. or whether, whether a, like a yellow onion has any place in a spanakopita. I think it does. Yep. And yep. Uh, sometimes uh, ricotta and various herbs. Uh, oh, I've never heard of ricotta going in there. So, or yeah, or like, like an Americanized versions are often made uh, with like cottage cheese or something called pot cheese, which Laurie mentioned, but I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it. I oh, Hold on. Also, uh, spanakopita often has egg in it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so that and too. some recipes, like I don't really have an opinion on this one where the other. Lori put one egg in the whole pie, but some some recipes of like the same size call for like seven eggs. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Mine um, called for mine called for two eggs. Yeah, which which like at some point would get kind of quiche. Yes. Yeah, I think that you would wind up having like a quiche in phyllo at a certain point. Quiche. Quiche. Uh, and it oh my is, gosh! Wait a minute. Hold yeah. on. I have another. I have another Greece memory to oh, share. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one doesn't involve spanakopita. Um, this one just involves I, like getting Greece. greasy. No. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, so did your like did your dad wear suits or like you know nice pants and yep. shirts to work? Sure did. Did he have a particular person who he went to to like get his like pants hemmed? Or, oh like, gosh, did you guys have that's a family a tailor? Question. Not that I recall. Okay, well, we had a family tailor, and I remember spending a lot of my childhood going to the family tailor. I don't know what. <laughs> a lot? <laughs> yes. This guy was practically like a member of the family. Okay, I don't we... know what was going on with what, my family. What was his name? His name was Stavros. Stavros, okay. He was Greek, and his wife's name was Kitsa. Stavros the tailor sounds sounds like a character from. Isn't it perfect? Yeah, like a like Sophocles or something. It really does. Anyway, Stavros and God, now I'm blanking on whether it was Kitsa or Kisa. 
Shoot. Anyway, they had like a, a little storefront. And I was always, I remember as a child, I was terrified to walk around in there uh, because I was afraid that there were pins in, oh, in the carpet. Oh, absolutely. No, I remember, remember like having to get something like pants hemmed or something oh, uh, when I was a kid. And I was so scared they were going to poke me. Oh, absolutely. Or then trying to get the article of clothing off after it had been pinned. Oh, the worst. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Stavros and uh, his wife, Oh, I wish I could remember her name. Anyway, I mean, I, I like can pizza. Can we, pizza. Can we... I like it too. I can still picture their faces and I can still hear his voice. And every year at Easter, they would give us like a Greek Easter bread, which was kind of like a like a braided type bread with like candy eggs nestled in the top. Oh, that is so sweet. And I remember I never liked it. It, but I mean, my it doesn't mom, sound good, but it's a nice gesture. My mom taught me that I had to be polite and say that I liked it. True. And they would always give me candy. Anyway, I wish I knew where Stavros was from. I mean, he's probably been gone a long time mm-hmm. now. Anyway, I think that my, I think I was I was fated to go to Greece because of my childhood growing up in the, the, the workshop of Stavros the tailor. Yeah, God, I wish I had grown up in a, in a village full of quaint ethnic stock characters like you did (laughs) (laughs) i things would have turned out so differently for me with all of the the folk wisdom that they would have imparted me yeah well that that's what happens when you grow up in oklahoma fair yeah yeah okay so um spanakopita is similar to and possibly derived from turkish borek which is a similar flaky pie Mm-hmm. Or which can also be doesn't have to be in pie form, and spanakopita doesn't really have to be in pie form either, because it can be made with like you know finger shapes or other shapes. And it is part of a family of pies of which the big three are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is this the, turning into like the Goldilocks story? It is. Yes. Okay, a family of pies, which yes. the big three the are. The big three mama are yes, pie, big, big, like papa mama pie, pie, papa pie, and baby pie. <laughs> and wait, this implies that there's like a dark alternate version of the Goldilocks story where she just goes into the house and eats the bears, <laughs> like baby. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it baby bears that was just right? Or wait, what what happens in that story? <laughs> don't remember i think it was baby bears that was just right okay because like like because one porridge was too hot and one was too cold and one was just right but it doesn't seem like baby bear should be the midpoint between mama bear and i guess i guess yeah what is the mom always having to eat cold porridge yeah it's it's, man mama bear's getting the shaft in the story anyway so so goldilocks uh came into the house and ate the big three pies which were spanakopita tiropita which is like a creamy cheese pie and uh, Kriatopita, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly because I did not look up a video, and that's a ground meat pie. Yes, I've never eaten that one. I but don't think I did. I've ever had any of them other than Spanakopita. I have had the cheese pie. That sometimes uh, would be available if the Spanakopita had sold out. And according to Wikipedia, the pastry is similar, the pastry meaning the pie, not just the dough, is similar to Torta Pasqualina, a traditional dish from Italy's Liguria region that is very common in Argentina and Uruguay, and to Pita Zelyanica, sometimes considered a kind of burek popular in Serbia and Bosnia. It's also a common dish in Gibraltar where... 
cheddar or Edom may replace the feta. And I looked up some recipes for this. And because we're going to have a little section later where I have a whole bunch of probably offensive sacrilegious thoughts about ways that I would like to improve upon spanakopita. And definitely. I can't wait. Like substituting Monterey Jack cheese. It was at the top of my list. Really? Yeah, I know. I didn't dislike the feta, but I was like, oh, I want some like, like kind of cheap ass Jack cheese oozing it out of this. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, don't hold worry. On. There's more. Okay. Uh, apparently, garlic is a controversial ingredient. My yes. my recipe does not call for any garlic. So I think the moosewood recipe and the and the moosewood adjacent recipe that Lori made do call for garlic. And I was I was in charge of chopping the onion and garlic, so I did do my part. I'm not letting Mama Bear do all the work. But there is this uh, spanakopita recipe, very popular on the New York Times recipe site, that has some incredible user comments on it, and I would just like to read a few. Please. No self-respecting Greek would put garlic in spanakopita or in, in many other recipes for that matter. Likewise, parsley has no place in a proper spanakopita recipe, says someone in a New York Times comment. Zing! Yes. Here's another comment. We only use Greek feta, sheep, goat blend, and not the well-known brand. It is imported from Greece and sold at a local market chain. My husband, Demetrius, is the son of several generations of Greek shepherds in Thebes Hostia Prodromos. He worked with the family through his childhood and adolescence. He knows his feta. Wow, I love this. Yeah, isn't that great? I love this. I I love the way that that comment so perfectly captures everything that one learns from reading Greek myths like that people were always of a certain place they were somehow related to shepherds yep all these things I, I feel like when I was when I was a kid growing up reading Dolaire's Greek myths oh, of course that? yes yes I feel like everyone was you know a shepherd and everyone was from so and so with so and so and related to so and so and Stavros I mean the other the other <laughs> <laughs> the I knew Stavros would be back. Um, he, I mean, he's become a mythical figure in his own right at this point. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that uh, the writer of this comment that, like, uh, uh, you know, her husband Demetrius comes back after a hard day of sheep herding, and uh, and like she has been sitting at the computer all day, and and uh, he's like, "Are you like having flame wars with people about Greek food on the internet again? Like, you know, this has to stop." Yes, I wonder uh, what Demetrius does now. Oh, I think he works in IT. <laughs> Probably. Um, Probably. Here's uh, what, one more comment that uh, you're going to ask me for an explanation on what this means, and I will not be able to help you. Okay. Just look this up to suggest getting rid of moisture. My mom put it in a pillowcase and put it on the spin cycle in the washing machine. Cannot have soggy spanakopita. Also, never put garlic in this recipe. <laughs> what the fuck was mom doing with the pillowcase? Wow. Have you know this reminds me of um so my friend Ben who didn't have a salad spinner but really liked <laughs> that's, salads. That's the main thing he was known for in your circles. Right? <laughs> yeah. and poor Ben, no salad spinner. Like that guy's yeah. really fallen on hard times. <laughs> anyway, but he really liked salads and <laughs> This no. sounds like the beginning of a, of a Greek myth or an Aesop's fable or something. Once there was a man named Ben who loved salad but didn't have a salad spinner, so he set off to make his fortune. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes. but no. So Ben, Ben really like Ben. Ben okay, really is a wonderful home cook, mm-hmm. and so. Um, <laughs> 
It's fine. I'm not I'm not about to interrupt. I'm just still laughing about the salad spinner. No, but I mean, I just think of Ben as, uh, you know, Ben was like always cooking something and inevitably would always have like a green salad at some point during the meal. Okay. So it was very strange that Ben did not have a salad spinner. But I remember he would always put the salad in, um, he would lay out like a large dish towel, pile the washed lettuce leaves in the middle of it, and then kind of close it up like a a Hershey's Kiss with all the fabric gathered at the top. And then he would go swing it around over his head. Oh, this is interesting because I was doing this like a couple days ago. Like I got lettuce in my produce box and I don't have a salad spinner. Like, you know, Ben and I are like the salt of the earth. This is so fascinating to me that two of the people I know who are like the best, most avid home cooks do not have salad spinners. Should I have a salad spinner? I was thinking about this because like I didn't know about the the, uh, swinging method. I mean, I know a lot about swinging, but not salad wise. But so I just like laid it out on a, on a dish towel and then put another dish towel on top and kind of pressed it dry. And I was thinking the whole time, like, should I have a salad spinner? Like, it takes up a lot of space. So I don't, you know, I, I have always had a salad spinner, like seriously, since my first kitchen after college. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. Th- this was something that my parents had. And, and to me, it always seemed like a basic kitchen appliance. The salad spinner I have right now is fine. It's one of the ones that's got like a pull cord at the top. Sure. Uh, however, I'm here to say that even moments when I'm like, "Ugh, my salad spinner doesn't work that well," it works so much better than than the old dish towel. Thing. Okay, yeah, summer's coming. I think I think I'm gonna order a salad spinner. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So whenever I am prepping um, like a leafy green, like chard or escarole or kale, you know, you can like slice it up, then put it in the salad spinner, fill the bowl with water and, you know, so that's how I wash my greens. Oh, okay. This is sounding better and better. Do you ever get the washing, the clothes washer involved? I don't get the clothes washer involved. And I, I just, I wonder, okay, so... Yesterday, when I made my spanakopita, you know, I let the spinach mixture cool. Um, I, I had used fresh spinach and like sauteed it mm-hmm. with we aromatics. Used I let it cool so that it was cool enough to handle. And then I picked up handfuls and squeezed them. But here's the thing. I mean, squeezing handfuls of spinach 
you it doesn't work very well unless you have like a micro handful. Have you ever noticed that? Like a micro handful. Well, I always pick up a too big a handful of spinach <laughs> oh, to okay. squeeze. Yeah, yeah, I know what you and mean. And then then I, like the the greens are like threatening to come out between my fingers. Ew. <laughs> No, you should have used so the washing machine. So maybe I should have yeah. used the pillowcase and the spin cycle but, is what okay, I'm saying. Okay, but the two things I'm wondering, okay, I'm wondering many things, but like, first of all, wouldn't that ruin the pillowcase? But I guess you could have a pillowcase devoted to spinach. Like, yeah, maybe you just have your sponocopita pillowcase. But then the next time you do laundry, it's all going to turn green unless you like run the machine after squeezing the spinach in it. And squeezing the spinach definitely sounds like something, right? <laughs> um, I'm also wondering now what would happen if I took my, my cooked spinach and put it in my salad spinner. Yeah, I don't know if it has enough torque. It also might be too heavy. Yeah. To really but, but get I'd it Try going. it and let us know on a future episode. Okay. I mean, so I got to say yesterday I, I got lazy and after squeezing out a couple handfuls and just feeling like not that much liquid was coming out, I just went ahead and used my spinach without squeezing any more of it. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. It was you know, not soggy. Actually, Demetra, in her recipe, she says that like the key to her sponocopita is that you don't cook pre-cook the spinach at all. What? You like make you make a an uncooked filling and it cooks in the oven along with the pie, which sounds so wet, right? But then she I mean she did it and then when she cut into it, it was not soggy. Wait a minute. Is this the woman you listened to for pronunciation or did you make her? No, I listened to her for pronunciation. We didn't make her recipe. Well, was she using frozen spinach? Uh no, she was using like bagged baby spinach. Really? Yeah. That is fascinating right? to me. I mean, well, that also, like, that stuff is going to really cook down. And if I put, so I used, like, 10 ounces of baby spinach. And if I had tried to put 10 ounces of baby spinach in between my sheets of phyllo, I mean, right. you know, in the, uh, what? I would have had, like, a, a pillow of I know. Yeah, baby but, spinach. Okay, we, we got to post a link to this video. It's It's surprising. Wow. So I, uh, well, tell me more about the one that you made first. Okay. And then I'll tell you what what we ate. So the one that I made, for some reason, I did not go to the internet to to find recipes. A couple weeks ago, actually, I saw, um, so Louisa Weiss, uh, who used to do the blog The Wednesday Chef, um, she has been posting on Instagram since the beginning of the the lockdown where she is, which is in Berlin. Mm -hmm. She's been posting in her Instagram stories what she's been making for lunch and dinner pretty much every day. And there was one day when she made, I think it was a charred pie, like charred hand pies using phyllo. And she made this for lunch. I never do anything this complicated for lunch. But I was inspired and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I never, I don't think I had ever worked with phyllo. Oh, so really? I thought, yeah, I think I had just never bothered. It seemed seemed too fussy to me. Teenager of the show, I haven't worked with Philo in a very long time, possibly ever myself. Actually, Lori's, Lori's the uh, Philo master in the family. But uh, Teenager of the show, Iris had like never really seen Philo in action until mm-hmm. the other day and was fascinated like you know because it looks like it, it doesn't really look like like a food product necessarily if you haven't seen it before because it's so weirdly perfect. Yes, it's very strange and delicious. Yeah. 
But anyway, so uh, after seeing Louisa's like charred pies, I I went out and or I just thought to myself, I'm going to make spanakopita. And so I went to my bookshelf instead of the Internet and wound up taking out my um, my old joy of cooking from 1997, Mm -hmm. that 1997 edition. It was one of the first cookbooks I ever got. Was that the controversial edition? I think it was. Okay. Yeah, it came out when I was like 18, 19. And uh, anyway, so it was right around the time that I was heading off to college and sort of getting really interested in cooking. And yeah, so I started out my joy of cooking career with the controversial one. I think it was controversial just because like it updated a bunch of recipes and like took out a bunch of old recipes for like squirrel. Yes, Anyway, so I wound up doing a sort of modified version of the one that I found in there. And I have to say, I didn't really look any further. However, this one, which I've now made twice, uh, my sort of modified joy of cooking one, is it it tastes like grease to me. Okay. Like the country of Greece, Mm -hmm. not just pure fat. It has the real the real um, taste of Stavros. It has the real taste of Stavros. And it uses melted butter to brush on the phyllo layers. Recipes seem sort of split between using olive oil or butter. I would think olive oil would be more traditional since, you know, uh, lots of olive trees in Greece. Uh, but I don't really know. And then mine is supposed to use some fresh dill, but I pretty much, I, I, I buy fresh herbs and let them rot. Yeah. It's one of my specialties. Uh-huh. So I used a little bit of dried dill, um, just a little shake of it. And uh, I got to say, I'm thrilled with it. I think so. I sent you and Lori a a copy of the recipe. Um, uh, The only thing that I think I'm going to change in the future is I I tend to run out of melted butter by the time I'm getting to the end of the phyllo. Ooh, Ooh, I have an idea. And so the first time I made it, I just used a little bit of olive oil. Um, I think I would just up the amount of butter that I'm melting. That's so what's, that was going to be my suggestion, melt more butter. Yeah, I think I'm going to melt more butter in the future. But what I really like about it is the filling is uh, it's just feta, eggs. It's got a, like a tablespoon of grated Parmesan. I don't, yeah, I don't I've know seen that it. in a number of recipes. I don't think that was in ours. It has some added salt. Some people say that you get enough salt from the cheese. I, I don't buy that. I don't think that's true. So yeah, mine's got feta. It's got two eggs. That's for like an eight by eight square baking dish. A little bit of parm, salt, pepper, tiny bit of grated nutmeg, some dill, and then yeah, the phyllo and, uh, and melted butter. And I'm really happy with it. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, that sounds great. So Lori made a version uh, that was derived from the Moosewood version, and it appeared on the blog Scarpetta Dolcetta, and we'll link to it in the show notes. I requested one made without dill or cottage cheese, things I don't like. Lori used a mixture of butter and olive oil to brush on the phyllo with a bay leaf steeped in it as the butter was melting, and that was a tip that she got from our friends at the at the site, The Kitchen. Do you uh, think that you could taste any difference in flavor or any, any bay? Like, do, does a bay has a bay leaf ever really made a difference? Oh my gosh, I think that uh, I think Samin, I think we've had this conversation I before. Think, I think somebody was recently talking about this on Instagram. Maybe yeah, it was of course they were. Anyway, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I mean, I she, always use bay leaf when it's called. Oh yeah, but. me too. And she added one egg to the filling. So I I went in thinking like I just don't know if I'm gonna like this. I think of feta as something I dislike. Like it has some sort of funk that doesn't agree with me. And like I don't. I don't know if I if I want like a big spinach pie for dinner. And surprisingly, teenager of the show Iris, who who 
is not a spinach fan was like, yeah, I want to try it for dinner. And uh, and we're like, why? And they said, uh, oh, it sounds like the, the filling sounds like the filling of Costco spinach and cheese ravioli. Uh, and uh, like, oh, that makes sense. And then we ate it and the filling was a lot like the filling of Costco spinach and cheese ravioli. And I enjoyed it very much. Wow. I'm shocked. I'm truly shocked. Do you cut the spanakopita before or after baking? I cut it before baking, but I'm careful not to cut all the way through the bottom layer of okay. filo. Ours was not scored before baking and it was messy but really fun to cut into slices after baking because just like shards fly everywhere is dramatic. I was so impressed looking at the photograph of yours, which we've got up on our website at Spilled Milk Podcast. Yeah, and I bet Um, we posted it on our Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast also. I was so impressed because I think that I'm kind of lazy when it comes to dealing with the phyllo. I I do what the, you know, what the package says in terms of thawing, right? I thaw it overnight in the fridge and then I let it sit out at room temperature for an hour or two before I try to use it. And then I put a clean towel on top of it once I've unrolled it. And then I put a damp towel on top of the, the dry towel. Sure. But, you know, when I am working with it, I've got the part that I'm working with uncovered. Maybe I'm trying to move too fast and I'm leaving it uncovered. Like I'm not taking, I'm not pulling the towels back, taking a sheet, replacing the towel. Like I'm not, that careful about keeping it covered. I sort of uncover the whole stack that I'm working with. Yeah, you- I mean, since I since I didn't make it, like, I don't have an opinion on this because, I, I, like I said, I don't think I've ever personally worked with Philo. But, so, yeah, I don't know. I... Well, so I was noticing when I saw the photo of yours that uh, yours looked really beautiful. Like before you cut into it, it didn't look at all messy. Like the phyllo looked really even and golden and and smooth. Whereas mine, um, I kind of just go for it. And as my phyllo starts tearing, I just don't care. And I keep laying it down and brushing it with butter. And so by the end, you know, it definitely looks a rustic. bit messy. It looks quite rustic. Slap and dash. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I just, uh, and, and I think that that's totally fine. And most people who work with yeah. Philo would tell you, don't worry about it if it tears, because it's going to tear. No, but no. I they, just... I, but others will tell you, you should feel really bad about it. Yeah. I love those people who tell me to feel bad about my cooking. Love that. How do you think um, uh, Demetrius's wife feels about it? I think that she would definitely tell me that I'm doing it wrong, that I need to slow down mm-hmm. and probably keep the phyllo covered, except for when I'm removing that right. one sheet. So when I was eating the spanakopita, which again, I liked very much, and I had two servings, I kept having thoughts about ways that I would improve upon it. So I already mentioned that uh, that I thought some, some jack cheese in there would be great, maybe even pepper jack. I thought this would be great with bacon in the filling. Mm. Um, I thought this would be great made more like a lasagna with like multiple layers of pastry and spinach mixture. And finally, that uh, I really wanted to put some habanero hot sauce on it. Oh, dear God. (laughs) So I am not welcome in Greece. No, you are not. So I think it's perfect just as it is. I Um, was actually the victim of the murder on the island of Milos, (laughs) and everybody knows what the motive was. There's no mystery about that. 
Did you eat yours with with a fork or did you pick it up and eat it like out of hand? Fork. Ah, okay. I love picking mine up and I eating. I can see that for sure. Could could you have picked yours up? Was it was the bottom like sturdy enough? I think so. Like I, I cut it into like kind of like big lasagna sized rectangles that would have been okay. a little a little challenging to pick up. But if I'd cut it into more like finger sized slices, I think it would have worked. And I'm going to have some leftovers for lunch shortly. I cut mine into um, triangles. For an 8 by 8 pan, I cut it into eight triangles. Oh, yeah. Triangle-shaped things are definitely a a real Greek tradition, right? And (laughs) I really like it that way. No, really. I I wasn't Um, joking. Like like baklava, right? Well, I mean, baklava is often diamond-shaped, though. Oh, you're right. I said triangle, yeah. but I was thinking diamond. Yeah, you geometry are so is hard. good at geometry. Another thing I was going to say, well, people do often make like individual, like actual hand pies yeah. out of these. Which seems like a really nice, would be a really satisfying format. I Oh, I was going to say, how do you plan to reheat yours today before eating oh, it? Oh, I was just thinking about that. Like, like, is it too late? No, I think it's. I think now would be a good time to turn the oven on. Like, I feel like microwave it is would not be a good no, idea. No, that's a bad idea. This is one time when I love having a toaster oven. Oh, that makes sense. I do it in the toaster oven, and the top sheet of phyllo gets a little scorched by the end, but it, it crisps up beautifully. It's delicious. Oh, man, I'm so into it. Okay, now, Lori already warned me that it never gets quite as crisp and flaky as the first time when you reheat it. Yeah, yeah, probably, but I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, well, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to I'm going to put a little hot sauce on it. You know, oh, so you were texting me last night. We were texting about what one eats with spanakopita because it doesn't seem like a full meal, right? Yeah, but I mean, we did eat it as a full meal and it was good and then we, there were cookies. I think that my perspective on it is definitely shaped by the fact that the way I think of eating this is out of hand, uh like on the go, like on sort the beach. of like the ultimate like you know, uh, it, it's like a, it's like the my version of like a a sandwich. It's okay. Yes. Okay. You, <laughs> this, I invented it. Right. It's my version of a sandwich. <laughs> okay. I uh, yeah. We'll I'm give you we'll give you credit that. for this. Okay. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say is, um, so I have a hard time thinking of what to pair it with for dinner because to me it seems like such a wonderful uh, like lunch thing or thing that you would um, throw in your tote bag when you're going somewhere. It's, yeah, it's definitely like I, a thing I would throw in my tote bag. I was yeah. going to say exactly <laughs> anyway. the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know what? Night... Now that I think about it, like we've got like like every every modern human, we have a big big pile of tote bags at, in the corner Just of our closet. Your tote bag. I wonder how many of those have a little pie in them, <laughs> like a long long forgotten pie. <laughs> I think that we definitely have some listeners who know more than we do about the appropriate pairings for Spanakopita. Do you think so? What wine would you drink with it, for example? We definitely don't know. I drank a rosé with it, and that was delicious. That was delicious. And... um, yeah, we wound up, we had kind of a mishmash dinner, sort of eating stuff out of the fridge, salami, pickles, spanakopita. That was delightful. Oh, that I'm, sounds great. Yeah. I'm super into that. With rosé, I mean, like, hello. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you said that, like, you thought, like, like additional vegetables seemed sort of redundant, but I, I feel like, like, a very tart salad with it would be good. I think you're right. Especially I think you're right. if, you, you know, not, not like, Ben and I would be at a real disadvantage there because we don't have salad <laughs> spinners, but, salad but like, spinner. If you're, if you're like moving up in the world and you've got your own salad spinner, 
go for it. Yeah. So I I agree with you there. I think especially if you are, yeah, if you're serving it for dinner, oh, it would be really, really nice with, with a nice crunchy salad next to it. All right. Uh, so you can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com, on Instagram at SpilledMilkPodcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast. Let us know. Like, have you have you ever had an argument with a with a Greek shepherd about uh, about what to put in a spanakopita? Have you? Um, That's the was, only thing we want to know. D- don't weigh in on anything else. Was his name Stavros? Was it Stavros? Was it Demetrius? Was it uh, Demetra? Hey, do we have any listeners who maybe grew up in Oklahoma and remember Stavros the Taylor. Okay, good he question. Was, uh, he was, I think he was on May Avenue. Um, maybe May Avenue? It was near Penn Square Mall. All right, yeah, yeah. let us know. Oh, uh, maybe maybe he was on Pennsylvania. Maybe that's the street I'm thinking of. That's, that's true, maybe he was on Pennsylvania. Maybe he was in Cassidy Square. Pennsylvania. Anyway, uh, I also want to know from our listeners who actually um, you know, have more experience with Spanakopita than we do, which is probably most of our listeners, I want to know what they serve it with. like, Or do you serve yeah, it definitely. for dinner? Do you think of it as a brunch dish? I think it could be a really nice brunch dish. And if, if you are if you are uh, Greek or of Greek descent and have like family memories of Spanakopita and like there were you or someone in your family have strong opinions on how it should be made, like this is this is my new favorite thing that I love, like extremely vehement dogma about about this particular Greek pie. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, everyone, don't or, let Matthew down. Please send him all your Spanakopita wait, dogma. One more thing. If you've ever put something weird in your washing machine for culinary or sexual purposes. <laughs> Please let us know. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, our producer, as always, is the long-suffering Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Other podcasts are too loud or too quiet, but this one's just right. Uh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. I, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe it was water, but that's blue now that it's I think about blue. it. So I can ask Vincent. Ask Vincent. Okay, I will. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.